GPS powered by Seat. Welcome to the weekly review on RPS, the radio show where we discuss some of the hottest and most relevant releases in pop culture. We try to make sense of a highly misinformed world in disarray through the stories behind the music made by people who've made very appealing lives for themselves, like Miss Americana herself, Taylor Swift, who who we know has survived the same obstacles as any other person who has first world woes, but always comes out smiling. We'll be talking about Reese Witherspoon's new show Little Fires Everywhere, which is a drama about motherhood, racial divide, privilege, and basically everything that lights Twitter these days. And we'll be taking a look at the legends of electronic music, Inner City, by Kevin Sanderson and company with Ben Cardew. My Verdu. Hello. Hi. And behind the controls, Rob Roman. Let's get started. We'll be right back. 
Kamala Williams with Mr. Wu from his beautiful new album of the same uh, title, which I am really, really, really enjoying. Uh, and uh, had the possibly bad fortune to be released last Friday, where it was slightly eclipsed uh, by a rather bigger album. Johan, you look confused. You have what? a Kamal Williams question? I, I had a question. Why Mr. Wu? Who is Mr. Wu? I think it's. I think it, it uh, refers back to possibly his Vietnamese roots. Okay. If I'm not wrong. All right. All right. Interesting. But as you said, uh, it's impossible to talk about anything when you get a surprise drop by a major artist like Taylor Swift, who dropped her new album, Folklore, an album she recorded under confinement, uh, which she hadn't. You know, Taylor Swift is a very media person. She's always announcing. She's always building up her record. She's always having all these pro campaigns. And all of a sudden, she did a Beyonce. Mm -hmm. yep. And not only that, I, I reckon it was a double Beyonce. Because not only was it an unexpected album, it was not what anyone expected from it. Because if, if, if that makes sense. Like, the, from the music. Like, it was kind of, oh, what's going on here? This was the Taylor Swift I was expecting. It's so risky for her, even though we're going to go into in depth about the style and, the, and and everything behind this record. But also, another major talking point was that last Friday, the I'd like to say the entire world mm -hmm. was expecting a new album by a certain person who is struggling right now with mental problems and has also uh, been running for the America, the presidential candidacy <laughs> for Kanye West, who, as we know, is Taylor Swift's nemesis or is he her close associate? Marvai Verdu is going to clear up our conspiracy theories on that. So where shall we start? Let's have a little... Should we talk a little bit about the album, what the it album. sounds like? Yeah. Okay, yeah. keep keep the music. Right. So I think we can say there's three of us in the room. Raise If, if I asked you to raise a hand who's a fan of The National, I know not many fans would be go, not many hands would be going up right. <laughs> Johan, yours wouldn't, mine wouldn't. Ma, would yours? Not really, no. Okay, so why a, why do we not like The National? Uh, we're, we're being edgelords here, the three of us. Everyone else loves The National. They're a headlining act in, in all kinds of indie festivals. <laughs> They are the, the grown man's indie band, uh, the band for divorce, Uh, Matt Berenger is always singing about divorce and all these sort of manly uh, uh, middle midlife crises kind of topics and stuff. And their but their sound is very cinematic. The national sound. Um, also, they've been famously endorsed by President ex President Barack Obama. So you know it's it's um, it's a music that's it is a new kind of indie mainstream, and I think it fits perfectly well with someone like Taylor Swift. Well, it does now. Now it makes sense. That's what I think is so is so good about folklore. This album because it, you listen to it, you're like, of course that works well. Of course it's going to work well having Taylor Swift singing like folk music, like she's off in her log cabin with her really brilliant uh, songwriting uh, behind it. But I didn't think so before. In fact, I was really not expecting to like this album one bit. Like Taylor Swift, I kind of like, kind of don't like. She's one of those that she has. I sort of tend to put these things down to like the amount of pop bangers that I would play in in the car, mm. and uh, on that score, my family is very much Team Katy Perry. Taylor Swift's got a few, but she's also got some like genuinely terrible songs. Like you know that what, what you made me do. I can't stand <laughs> that. You, are you a fan, Ma? The way you try it. <laughs> but I, I remember it so bad that song. But I, I <laughs> it's so catchy at the same time. I, I just was singing it in my head. But I, I feel you when you say I don't know how to feel about Taylor, because I feel like I'm 
just what the people say. If people say, oh no, Taylor's a snake, Taylor is so bad and she's been manipulating everyone, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I hate Taylor. And then everybody's like, no, 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 Taylor's so good. She's actually the victim of everything, of the media. And of, and I'm like, oh yeah, Taylor's so good, poor girl. I love her music. And I feel like I'm, I don't have a, an opinion by myself. Well, this is one of the things, it's quite hard to know exactly who is Taylor Swift, I've always thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, pop stars in themselves are, you know, people like anyone else. They can be quite quite complicated people. But I think for a lot of, like, I know who Kylie Minogue is. I mean, obviously, I know who she is. But like, I, I could sort of yeah. probably resume Kylie Minogue disco pop hits from Australia, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Whereas Taylor Swift, I kind of couldn't do that. And she seems to have, like, uh, a lot of very, very good traits about her. And then there seem to be a lot of people who are very, very... Uh, against her and kind of, in kind of funny ways like you hear a lot of p- uh, pros and negatives well because taylor swift really makes records to be sold at walmart you know you wouldn't find a ta- you wouldn't well maybe you would now but you wouldn't traditionally find her previous albums in a rough trade shop right or uh, even in urban outfitters no to, to divide she she makes music for the kind of people who don't really bother about researching music it's just what you get on the radio she's like fast food right it's very well ca- cared for very well designed by herself and her team to be liked by as many people as possible just like a fast food hamburger right full of sugar f- f- uh, very brightly photographed uh, it's got sheen and it's very inoffensive right so but there is a that's what we usually refer to as a guilty pleasure right there's something about certain of her hits and the way she performs and the way she's constructed this all this that sometimes it's quite appealing for instance blank space is is one of my favorite songs ever it's it's really good you know and and it's and it can't be more tailored though got a long list of love you know oh, that melody i'm already getting excited but it is what it is you know what us which we've made a we've made our careers talking about subversive music m- music that speaks about things that never get spoken of in the mainstream and that kind of make the world a better place all of a sudden taylor is a different thing but uh, what i lo- what's interesting about her when you compare her to other artists who were like in her similar kind of commercial sphere, your Katy Perry's, your Kesha's, or going even further back, your Melissa Etheridge, or all those sort of country pop stars, you know, they were so conservative, so mainstream. But Taylor is an independent business person as well, which is very inspiring because she's kind of teaching uh, her listeners and, and especially... Well, loads of people. It's like, hey, you don't have to be uh, a muppet in the music industry. <coughs> Taylor, Taylor is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant businesswoman. There's absolutely no arguing with that. At the same time, I find some of the things, some of the marketing around her albums a bit strong. And I know we don't necessarily uh, agree on this, but I believe there were eight different editions of this album. And she was basically encouraging people to buy all of it, and not in person. It wasn't like she was there kind of flogging them. But basically, you know, the, the, the message from uh, the her online store was buy all of these eight deluxe editions. And I don't know. It's the music industry. It's the music business. It kind of seems fair enough. But it's, it's a little bit... It doesn't sit all that well with me. Pushing things so, so strongly. I think she's not even pushing it. She knows that if she puts out eight deluxe albums um, they, um, her audience will buy it if she puts out 15 they will buy it as well mm. she can put out anything that's merged or um, related to 
adding more to the album that the, the people will buy it because I've seen videos of um, fans, really strong fans of Taylor Swift because they're really strong, the fan base, and they buy like, uh, you know, when, when you go to the mall, maybe Walmart, and there's like a stand for the Taylor Swift new album and they take the full stand and they go to the cashier and they're like, I'm taking it all. Yeah. So she knows this is the type of person that is super given to her and super... But maybe this is a small thing, right? But on I'm on her website now, store.taylorswift.com, and it says collect all eight deluxe CDs and eight deluxe vinyl albums. Yeah. Now, do I think she was on there programming what was going to say on the website? I do not. But all the same, it's like, buy is one thing and collect is another. Yeah, it's very savvy. You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 a way of uh, blanching, you know, the, way, the fact that, This is an industry. This is a business, right? But she's, you know, she's like, no, no, no. Those are ugly words. Let's let's talk about collecting. Also, bear in mind that she, along with any other music musician, is not going to be making any money from performing live for a while. So this could be a, her way of saying, this is my answer to this situation that we're living through. Uh, I need to continue to make. Mm, uh, well, no, 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 not. She doesn't need the money, you know. She's a millionaire, damn it. But she still has to be a successful business and implement um, business models, shall we say, to supplement the the lack of touring. So maybe this is her way of saying, look, I need to make up money for my teams, for the mm -hmm. people who work behind me, who need constant revenue. Uh, it could be that. It could be that. And maybe it's not her personal decision. Maybe it's her mm, business associates or her uh, her her the people who advise her. It's like, hey, why don't we set a standard where instead of releasing one album which is going to sell to the people who choose to buy it, and bear in mind, it, this is a choice. People can still stream it for free like we do or listen to it on the on streaming platforms, but it's it's important uh, this is an important message for artists who can who have fan bases, who can afford to invest in them because the, it's giving the fans a chance to support her artistic career. And especially after all the legal kerfuffle she's had trying to get exactly. back her rights against uh, Scooter Brown, who now owns all of her catalog and all that horrible episode for her, this is a nice way of her regaining control and power of, of her material. It's like, all right, fair enough. I can't do anything about the past catalog, but everything I'm going to do now, um, I'm going to be controlling uh, 100%. It's all mine, taking cues from Mr. Kanye, <laughs> uh, who is, you know, the, the, the sole CEO of Yeezy. You know, it's, it's, it's a similar example. They're both good examples of taking control with, with their output, their creative output. Of course, you know the bit of merch I want. The cardigan, the cardigan yes. 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 We all want yeah. that cardigan. That would look so fly this winter. She sent yeah. it out to several of her best friends, and apparently, I was not on the list. Damn it! That's too bad. What about you, Mar? What do you feel? How do, would you wear that cardigan? Is I that your style? Would wear that cardigan the whole um, winter, even summer. I would wear it now because I was um, watching the music video of um, the only one that's out now, Cardigan. And at the end, she comes out of that storm that she's in and she puts on that Cardigan and she feels so cozy. And then the music stops and you see that you can buy the Cardigan. And I'm like, I want it. I want it. Give me three. I, I need them. And that, that's the business model part of Taylor. She knows you want that cardigan, well, and she will sell it to you. The, you know, if if you look at the the, the history of music, uh, the music industry, there are so many incredible places of um, putting product out into the market, and this really is 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 great because you're watching the video clip, as you say, and you wanna uh, you wanna feel like Taylor. You wanna you wanna you want your breakup to be just like hers with 
Harry Styles and all the other all her thousands of breakups to the the, the world's hottest boy bands, <laughs> pop stars. Um, and Sharon. Didn't you go out with that Sharon? No. Yes. No. She knows better. Maybe it wasn't confirmed, but they definitely mm, got on very well. Really? I don't think she he, she's his type though. No. I don't think. No. Uh, I don't think he'd. F- no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make that assessment. But anyway, ooh, I love it when we get it. We, we become like a morning show talking about like. No, I don't think she's her type. All right. Yeah. Uh, let, well, she's let me take type. it back to music for a second. But I'm gonna. I, there's, there's one thing. I like being a morning show as well. Yeah. Uh, but like, I wanted to. There's one thing about Taylor Swift's music that I find absolutely fascinating, and I think she does absolutely brilliantly. And I totally take my hat off to her, which is she uses those phrases of everyday speech, right, um, in songs. And she uses them before anyone else has used... Well, or before they've generally been used in songs. So, on this album, you've got the song This Is Me Trying, which is the kind of phrase that people have been using a lot on social media over the last, what, year? Yes. But I don't know of any other songs that have used it. That's really clever. Just being able to realise that that is a phrase that people are, are using right now that would be really good in the song and using it. That is incredibly clever. And also, I mean, looking back, um, her song, We Are Never, Ever, Ever Getting Back, back Together. together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again, very clever, because that's the kind of thing that people's, people say. You know, people, all right, they might say we're never getting back together, but often people like say, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. It's such a, a brilliantly common phrase yes. you know and she does that brilliantly and, and that's the most memorable part of the song the ever 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 getting back you know it's that it's that's the worm the the earworm isn't it ever ever and and she made a, a brilliant memorable piece of earworm from a, an everyday phrase well brought because apparently that's what uh, you get some songwriters and what they do is they kind of walk around um with you know their, their, their phone or whatever and when they hear a phrase they just write it down like, that would make a great thing um, for for a song, and they put it there. And I I really respect people that that can do that because when you hear the song title, you're like, of course, of course, that yeah. was the song title. But and it's not too brainy. Like for instance, we were talking about the streets, you know, the other day with uh, none of us are getting out of this life alive. Wow, what a great phrase! It's overthought, but it's simple and stuff. But no, no, Taylor's way easier. You know, it's um, yeah, we're never it, ever I ever. I don't think it's that easy to do. To make it look easy, I think she's she has a great voice, but she's even a better songwriter. I think her strong suit is songwriting. Yeah, well, totally. That is why this album works. That's why, as I said, I wasn't expecting it. Really, really works. The songs on here are pretty astounding. In particular, well, this is me trying. One other thing I like, obviously, it's got this this title, but it's also if you listen to the way she sings, there are certain lines which sound a little bit like rap. Right, the sort of <laughs> delivery of them is a little bit sort of rap-ish, but she doesn't do it in a way like "This is me rapping, people." Mm. She does it in a way that sounds really perfectly natural, and it sounds so 2020. It's incredible, which really impresses me. And also, I've got to say, the last great American dynasty. Yes, what a tune. Yes, yep. it's F. Scott Fitzgerald, isn't it? It's 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 got the literary weight. The way she's drawing a parallel between uh, a very famous socialite, uh, Heres, and her own woes, you know, how they get criticized for, for you know, like, like the, as if they're supposed to be corseted as, oh, because you're a privileged woman, you have to act a certain way. And if you if you let your, you know, if you if you break out, shall we say, people are going to frown. And it's, a, it, you know, it's, it's great that she draws parallels and she's and she takes those risks. 
Should we should we listen to thirty seconds of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, just thirty seconds, so we don't get uh, taken down or anything. <laughs> this is the last great American dynasty. Rebecca rode up on the afternoon train. It was sunny. Her salt box house on the coast took a mind off St. Louis. Bill was the heir to the Standard Oil name and money. Ah, marvelous. How how did the, is there a story to how she contacted Aaron Dressner from the National? Uh, if there is, I haven't heard of it. But th- this whole album's a bit of a mystery, isn't it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. maybe, w- was she a fan of the National? She, oh, she, a- uh, she must obviously be a fan of the National because... Uh, but, but regardless, I mean, Aaron Dressner, uh, who's, who's one of the twins, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, there's Bryce Dressner and Aaron Dressner. I don't well, anyway, the, the twins from the National. He's been very busy. He's been making soundtracks. He's been producing... He's st- starting to branch out to produce other people's albums and his own solo stuff and everything. So he's quite uh, an interesting uh, music musical producer and writer to to follow but um it makes sense that they've that they've paired up what what really struck me as fascinating is the fact that she has justin vernon aka boniver guesting on a song now why does this blow my mind mar because of our man Kanye West, their best friend, who used to be, be like yeah, colleagues, no. music, music colleagues forever. They were yes. companions, like a match made in heaven. Exactly. And I mean, he. Uh, it's 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 almost like is she sending a little middle finger to Kanye, like yes. saying, you know what, I'm going to take your BFF here <laughs> and I'm going to borrow him on. But obviously, it makes a lot of sense because Boniver m- made himself uh, very well known for his debut album for Emma Forever ago, which was the basically the 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 poster album for anyone who suffered a breakup and wanted to seek refuge in a wooden cabin in the middle of the woods. It was like Henry D. Thoreau's. Uh, Walden for the coffee roasting generation, but and 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 you could even think of folklore being an incredible companion piece to Forever uh, for Emma Forever ago. Even the cover uh, that album had a black and white photo of a forest, as does this one. It's it, it's that same mood. It's that kind of um, uh, neo Americana. So it's it's a match made in heaven. But I'm just wondering if if she's doing it as one of her savvy moves. Or is it part of a conspiracy? Did I, she talk? Did she ask Kanye for permission? Do you think? I would love to think that it's like her being savage and being to take that one. I'm taking your people and I'm, ta- I'm putting out the album the day that you were supposed to put out the album. I'm. She's just taking out the middle finger to Kanye. I'd like to think because I like the drama. Can you imagine that Kanye was like worrying that Drake was going to drop his uh, yeah. his, away, his album? He's like, damn, you know, what's Drake doing? What's Drake doing? You know, it's like a military. You know, when 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 military generals have their spies and they're different <laughs> in different countries, it's like, okay, what are the French doing? How are they advancing? And it's like, yeah, 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 but you didn't realize that behind you, you had the another one coming you through the back end through the shore and it's like whoa (laughs) and I'm sorry to talk like this because Kanye you know a pray for yay he's going through a very a very delicate moment we've all seen that all of this everything that we've talked about was the result of him having a very severe polar uh, polar disorder but um, but this is such a juicy story. How can yeah. we not? I mean, he's the one who's insisted on, you know, relighting the Taylor beef every time he's releasing something. He's always having a stab. This is her her. This is a great um, slap back for that 
that horrible line of uh, I f the one from Famous, famous where yeah. I feel like me and yeah. Taylor might still have sex because I made that famous. You know, so this is like, Kanye, play you with fire, you're going to get burnt. Okay, do we think for a second, just to run it past you, that they're actually friends? No. And no, no. Okay. <laughs> Thing is, I'm... I'm, I'm too paranoid. <laughs> I, 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 you know how I, I obsess about these, the stories of famous people getting together and hanging out, you know, John Lennon, Harry Nilsson at the Rainbow Bar with Supermensch and stuff like that. I love those stories. And I can... I always imagine that these people sometimes get together in these... In, in some incredible secluded location on some island in Fiji and they talk about business because we do not realize the amount of power and business that these people generate when they're in the headlines, right? So just the way rappers have beefs and, and they realize that beefing helped each of them sell records, Meek Mill and Drake and Nas and Jay-Z, I don't know, it's just part of business. I like to think that, or I, 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 yeah, that this is, that they, that they laugh about these things. Together at the ski resort while they're drinking very expensive margaritas. By the way, can I, uh, on that subject, can I just say that the Do You Breakfast show uh, with Charlie Bones on NTS is absolutely rubbish and we're far better. <laughs> we are. Our topics are fire. Creating beef with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, come, with, come for us, Charlie Bones. The only channel that we can, that, that we could consider competitors on <laughs> RPS. And shout out to NTS. But, um, yeah, we, we love them really. But, we you love know. But, uh, but, but, you know, she, I'm just insisting, you know, she could have had Sam Bean from Iron and Wine, Sufjan Stevens, Robin Pecknell from Fleet Foxes, uh, even Ed Drost from Grizzly Bear, Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab from Cutie. The list of male voices uh, who are known for making good Americana, she could have had them all, but she chose Bon Iver. And that's it. Yeah. That's, just think about it. And just so we just so we appreciate how important Justin Vernon is to Kanye West, when Kanye West made his live comeback after um, robbing Taylor Swift's moment at the MTV Awards and all that huge backlash that made him create Mark Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, when he presented it in Coachella in front of the most privileged audience ever, he didn't bring out a single guest rapper or guest musician or anything. Obviously, he had a string quartet and a DJ and, and, and people launching beats, but he did. But it was a very minimalist, minimalist show. The only other singer who came on stage to perform um, some of the tracks was Justin Vernon. That's it. And that's why I think it's actually real beef. Mm. Okay. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned festivals because I, well, I think it was the Guardian review of this album said that uh, obviously Taylor Swift was meant to have this really big summer. She was going to be playing uh, Glastonbury, for example. Um, and one of the reasons they think the album is like this, you know, kind of not so incredibly big, is because she's not playing stadium tours. She doesn't have to have those songs that are going to be like, bah, Rosette. She could come back with something a bit more intimate, which I find mm -hmm. quite interesting. Plus, this is the Taylor that caught my attention when I was watching her on some MTV Awards way before the the whole thing, you know, the, the big Kanye thing. Uh, it was just her performing solo. She was still in her country pop phase and she played this lovely ballad. I can't tell you which one it was. She still had the cur really, really curly hair. She, I think she was wearing cowboy boots. So she was still playing on that Nashville girl persona and it was just her alone with her guitar uh, bringing one of the most sort of um, calm moments in that, in that kind of award shows. And I thought, wow, this girl has something very special. Uh, and that's when I started paying attention and I thought, I like this, I like this, I'm gonna... But then she started doing all the pop thing and stuff and I thought, oh, what a shame. They're, they're trying to make her be like every other uh, pop star 
you know, doing the same steps, you know, do a choreography, have a very flashy hip hoppy kind of video and stuff. And there's like, ah, but she did it very well. But this is her regaining the, I don't know, a, a thing that I think she should bank on for having a longer future career, you know, entering that kind of more mature market. So, Mar, you're going to tell us um, about the concept behind yep. this album. I, I noticed that some of the same names were, were flying around. You're but, very clever. Yeah. That's what Taylor wanted. She's like the queen of putting Easter eggs in everything she makes. She knows her fans love to piece their story together and she just gives all the puzzle pieces and expects the fans to put it together. And it has already been done. Because people have... She kind of gave the clue that there's this story in uh, this song that we listened to, The Last Great American Dynasty, that the woman um, is actually the previous owner of a house she has in Rhode Island, and she got inspired to write it, blah, blah, blah. But people actually say the whole album is about this woman and her sweetheart love story in high school with uh, someone called James, and their, <laughs> and how he cheated on her, and how they broke up and they were heartbroken for the rest of their lives. So you, if you put all these songs in different or orders, you can have from the beginning when they fall in love to the fallout to the last moments of their lives. And actually they say Cardigan, August and Betty are the same song from the perspective of the man, the mistress and the Betty. <laughs> and it's actually like super intelligent of her to to do this whole story and then she slowly connects to the big story of these people she doesn't know about and she fictionalized a little bit and she connects to it through seven and invisible strings where she talks about herself how she was born in pennsylvania blah mm -hmm. blah blah and invisible strings she talks about her current relationship and how she's like kind of tied to this story of this woman and this this whole story this whole concept is the folk story that she's talking about this is the folklore and that's what got fans going but there's other little easter eggs that people are still trying to get out one of them being that betty betty the song betty got everyone's attention to to see what she's trying to say to us through this this song. And first of all, people mm, pointed out that the three characters that appear on Betty are called James um, Inez, who are the two daughters of Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, mm -hmm. and um, Betty, who can actually be the name of the third child they had last year but didn't reveal the name. So people are like, oh, so mm, that's the way of Taylor saying through her song that this is the child's name, which is like an interesting fact, but not that relevant. But we, that way we can see that maybe James is also a girl, at least in the song Betty. So it may be the story about a woman to woman love, like a sapphic reference. So people are saying, is Taylor trying to explain to us one of her romances that she had with a woman in this case and why it didn't work and how she is now kind of sad and heartbroken mm -hmm. and people are trying also to see which of the women in Taylor's life could be Betty because um, Taylor we decided that this James because Taylor is actually named after James Taylor so 
Taylor is James. That's what Twitter oh decided. God. Yeah, yeah, you have to be <laughs> in a lot of it. This is incredible. <laughs> How do you manage to keep up with all of that? You're amazing, that, Mark. Yo, no. and she's got a mic drop coming up. I've just been looking at the script. She's got, right, the, the, what she's about to reveal, yeah. I think, well, assuming she's going vaguely on the script, is going to be incredible. Yep. Um, and then who could be Betty? So we know Taylor could be James, the one narrating the story, but who is Betty? And She was friends with Carly Claus, who is a model, top model, yeah. Victoria's Secret. And they were best, best friends. They were pho photographed everywhere by the paparazzi, blah, blah, blah. Everyone said, maybe it's more than a friendship, but they never said anything. And what is Carly Claus' middle name? Elizabeth, also known as Betty. Betty. Yeah. I Which, told you. According to the Urban Dictionary, Betty epitomizes a modern-day queen commonly associated with increased levels of self-worth. Carly Claus. This um, is incredible. Yeah, wow. and that people say that's so clever of Taylor if it's actually about this because the fan base that maybe is not so into um, I don't know that that super Catholic maybe they will think James is a man and Taylor can always hide be behind this man point of view that people believe. But if you want to dig really inside of it, mm -hmm. you can see if you want to the real part of the story and how she's trying slowly to tell this kind of romance that people have been speculating about and she's kind of confirming it maybe through Betty. So hang on, hang on. How on earth did you get all of this? Twitter. Twitter, right, right. And Reddit, yeah. Re wow. I, I'm blown away. I watched Dark and it wasn't as complicated as this. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, I think Taylor Swift has a mastermind to, to, I don't know, to do whatever she wants. I think she's really intelligent and she knows her fans will yeah. be able to catch these little, 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 little Easter eggs. Like, how the hell are you getting like, oh, James, okay, James Taylor. She was named after James Taylor. She's James, okay, Carly Claus. I, how would I know Carly Claus' middle name is Elizabeth? But someone does, someone is here trying to see each detail because they know Taylor is crazy and she puts little, little details. It's amazing because, you know, with Twitter, you can actually solve a murder mystery yeah. nowadays days according <laughs> totally. to some of the documentaries on Netflix and stuff you know so it's it's all out there we could we could maybe find out who if Kennedy if who shot Kennedy you know President Kennedy <laughs> from Twitter if Twitter, Twitter had existed all, all the way back then but um I'd also like to say that I uh, this album Uh, makes Tay-Tay join Fiona Apple in defining this era of raw musical releases made by people under confinement, you know, they, especially because they, they, they could sit in the same kind of, um, in, a, in a record shop, you would find them close together by genre, you know, Fiona Apple's, damn it, what was the name of her album? Um, oh God, we kind of forgotten already. Oh, this is this is the, the biggest album of the year, and we Fetch forgot. Fetch the bolt cutters. Fetch uh, damn it! Fetch the bolt cutters. That where's my mind? Um, you know, you can think. Wow, in 2020, what was happening musically? Well, uh, two of mm, music's biggest female names, Taylor Swift and Fiona Apple, different generations and stuff, but made some of the most hard, uh, some really, some of their most honest work. Right. Well, Fiona is always mm -hmm. honest, but this is Taylor's, I'd say, one of her most uh, honest albums ever. Yeah, they think more, a lot of people are saying she put out during quarantine the best album of her career. I, I would agree, I think. Well, yeah. do you know what blow, blew my mind? I was just looking back on how it was, it was written. When do you think they started writing this album? I think I know. She 
said she sent a voice memo the 27th of April. And the that day she posted an Instagram and a selfie and she captioned it, just chilling, doing nothing. And she was preparing, <laughs> cooking uh, the biggest album of her career. That's incredible because it's July. And like this, this album that sounds incredible. Um, I can't believe it. Didn't even exist uh, April 27th. What have I done in that period of time? <laughs> I've read a book. That's about it. <laughs> I also wonder how much of Ryan Adams' uh, 1985 covers album influenced her decision to go indie or reinforced her, her, her decision to bring it down to this kind of sound rather than making it so more more Nashville sounding or more ma Walmart sounding. You know, this, as I say, this album could fit into a shelf at Rough Trade Records. And if you did, you hear Ryan Adams's version cover version album? No, it, but it, I think she came. I would imagine her coming up first with the concept and then contacting the best people that could help her do that. So Boniver, the National, blah mm. blah blah, and then them helping her create this masterpiece. Mm. But I don't th think it was first the producers and then. I don't know. No, this sounds this is always this sounds like her, you know, from watching Miss Americana the documentary mm -hmm. which is which is very interesting to see her, especially when you see her creative process. So <laughs> I, I can understand how it's like it still sounds like Taylor Swift written songs, but it's those it's the production, it's the flourishes, it's the cinematic kind of quality that Aaron Dressner brings. And we haven't even talked about Lana Del Rey. Ah. Oh. This some moments of this album are so yeah. Lana Del yeah. Rey. It's yeah. incredible. And I've got to say I'm really sorry, Lana. I do like Lana. I think she outdoes, she out Lana's Lana on on uh, this album. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a. Fr I, I think it's a. I don't know what her relationship is with Lana. If they're close, if they're friends. I mean, remember Lana Del Rey performed at Kanye and Kim Kardashian's wedding, but then Lana Del Rey backlashed and said something mean. Or ah, uh, yeah, he uh, she criticized Kanye for endorsing Trump. Exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, Lana. That's yeah. Not, yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, no. I try, that, that, that was forced. That's me trying to <laughs> no, revive the fire. In common, the producer Jack Antoff, and she he produces basically every pop. Well, they're not pop, but the biggest queens of music. Mm -hmm. So they have that in common. Maybe that's the sound that connects the dots that we can hmm. between Lana and, and Taylor. And I think. We're going to have to move on. But there's one yeah. final thing. There's one final thing, Ma. Uh, the song oh, Peace. Yeah. I was maybe not going to say that, but No, yeah. go on, go on. Um, to me, that's the last string that tells me that the beef between Kanye and Taylor is real. And this is my last statement. But if you listen to Peace, um, which is a song in the album, you can hear the, list, the lyrics saying, Robbers to the East, Robbers meaning um, Scooter Brown, who has mm -hmm. basically all the rights to her old music. It had a whole like drama beef going on. Everyone was against Scooter. And then the next uh, line says, Clowns to the West. West, capitalized. <gasps> oh, and my there God. it is. Robbers to the East, Clowns to the West. Capitalized. <laughs> yeah. and, and where did Kanye move? Midwest. Cody Wyoming is the Midwest, yeah. where she's from. Double the, West. The, she's, Kanye West West. Yeah, because, you know, she's from Pennsylvania, which is the, you know, the opposite. It's, uh, the, it's almost mid-east. Mm -hmm. Well, it's practically on the eastern seaboard, yeah. But, um, yeah. The beef is on. And the it's real. Look, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, right? But we almost had 
such a beautiful link to what we're going to be talking about next. It was almost making me cry. Because we were talking <laughs> about Fiona Apple, right? Yes. And uh, Fiona Apple features in Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. Well, well, she's talked about in Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, should, we, should we just leave that there and have a little... Uh, 30 seconds? A uh, 30 second, please don't take us down, a uh, little clip of Cardigan by Taylor Swift. Cardigan. <laughs> Vintage tea, brand new phone High heels on, cobblestones When you are young they assume you know nothing Sequin smile, black lipstick Sensual politics When you are young Well, I mean it could be links if... if if Taylor Swift wanted to give Reese Witherspoon a song for any of her hit box office shows, uh, they would fit perfectly well. We, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Reese Witherspoon's new show, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm so hooked. Do you know? Do you know what happens, right? Sometimes we, we kind of discuss what we're going to be talking about, and Johan, you just said, oh, "I've been watching Little Little Fires Everywhere," and I'm, I'm hooked. And I said, oh, "Okay, you know, I'll, I'll check it out." And God damn, it's incredible. Same. I mean, especially especially if you've got kids, uh, and even if you've not got kids like myself, you know, it's it, the story of motherhood, different kinds of mothers in a in a same community. You know, one is working three jobs, the other one lives in a beautiful house with four kids, with a husband lawyer. You know, she represents the highest of American uh, uh, privilege, right? And then there's this this single mother with her teenage daughter and uh and 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 it's it's totally amazing because t- um reese has such a firm grip on the zeitgeist it's like she takes twitter and she's like right i'm gonna what's been trending what are the things that are dividing the country what are things that are making people angry okay there's the the black lives matter movement there's all this kind of stuff which is really extreme and harsh let me take it down a notch because i need people to understand the root of our problems the lack of empathy, the the you know the stuff that we're, we're all human, we all we are all affected by stuff. Let's just try and get along, right? So she manages to make these shows like the Morning Show about um, predatorial behavior in the workplace. She manages to make uh, Big Little Lies with that incredible all-star Hollywood cast uh, talking about different shades of marriage, you know, and 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 now with this one, you know, she's got the racial divide. She's got all this all the struggles that. That all the all that that any mother faces, right? So, what are your two cents? Loving it. I'm on the second episode, so if there could be no spoilers, I no, would no, appreciate. Yeah. I, I've only seen two. Yeah, I'm 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 almost I'm, I've only got two more to finish. You know, I've really binged. I've really binged. Um, but what's without giving anything away? Uh, what I'd like to uh, uh, reaffirm is that. Reese Witherspoon has become the strongest strongest advocate for all these social topics that sometimes people are afraid to talk about or sometimes they get talked about in such an overblown manner that people get, ugh, you know, there you are, you people complaining again. You know, it's like when when you know when 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 extreme feminists try to raise awareness about uh, certain topics they get um discredited for being too too strong in their um, how do you say in their deliveries right someone like rose mcgowan ends up getting more enemies than than bridging the gap or or you know what i mean because she's so extremist now that's an example whereas reese she's very smart because when she 
um, accepted one of the many awards she's been receiving for, um, I think it was for Big Little Lies, she was insisting. She, her goal was to create a production company where they would be talking about stories that affect women, that are told by, story, uh, by women, made by women, directed by women and stuff, because Hollywood was lacking that. There wasn't enough to balance the, to balance the, the amount of stories about male triumph and male mm. stories and this, that, the other. And she's doing it so well, they're incredibly entertaining, and they just hit them right on the spot. She does a similar character, I feel, in all of these um, shows that yeah. have been blowing out of in in the in TV. But she portrays this kind of character, this white privileged woman, so well. I yes. love it. I love her in Big Little Lies. I love her in um, Little Fires Everywhere. I I think she she's uh, her delivery is outstanding. I, each one. I'd strongly recommend. You might have not seen it because it's a film from late 90s or early 2000s. It was called Election. Oh my God, Election. Where yeah. she plays a really... Um, ah, oh, repellente. What's this? In <laughs> repellent. Repellent little uh, school kid who's trying to become the school president. And she starts having a, a bit of a war with the school principal who can't stand her because she's ah, she's so annoying and irritating and righteous. And, and, but, she's, but she's incredible, right? And, and that was... And she was really young when she made that. And ever since then, and even in Legally Blonde, I rewatched Legally Blonde amazing 1 and movie. 2. That is such an amazing comedy. A lot yeah. of people think, ah, this is a typical American stupid comedy, you know. And it is so smart. It is so sharp. And, and she's always playing that, the rubia tonta, no? the, yeah. the, the sort of light-headed uh, blonde privileged girl who's worried about her hair salon and her manicure. But then she's like, damn, this girl is fiery intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, and again, she was addressing loads of little things in, in, in those films about getting accosted in the office, you know, uh, being expected to play a role because she's, uh, she's a woman who likes to take care of herself uh, with her appearance. And then... You know, she's always she, she's choosing her roles very well, and I love the fact that she's offering roles to other great actresses. Mm-hmm. Kerry Washington. Oh my god, I was about to say, can we just can we just mm-hmm. celebrate oh. Kerry Washington she for a while? She's nominated to an Emmy. Good. Yesterday, Good. I think they said it. Reese wasn't right. People getting angry. No, she wasn't. But I didn't realize Kerry had been. Good. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. And I mean, and I and I can understand Reese being okay with that. It's like you know what. I've already got the good role, you know. She, she's she's playing the the antagonist, right? So that the protagonist can can have all these situations to get into. Well, is she the antagonist or the protagonist? That's what's not very clear. I think. Do you know? We, we I think we haven't really said what it's about, have we? We've we've just. Uh, oh yeah. Can I can I read you a little description? Little fires everywhere it follows the intertwined fates of the picture perfect Richardson family and an enigmatic mother and daughter who upend their lives. The story explores the weight of secrets, the nature of art and identity, the ferocious pull of motherhood and the danger in believing that following the rules can avert disaster. Very good sum up, re- resume. <laughs> By uh, someone who I nicked it off. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Google. Um, the thing, the, Kerry, so Kerry Washington has to play this embittered single mother who's an artist who lives uh, against the traditional American values of creating a home being a mother first um, you know it's a different type of mother it's a mother who who's trying to teach her her child all these these real values of of, of, of of making things yourself of uh, if you want a bicycle you go to a scrapyard and you build your own bicycle if you don't have money to buy one from a from a big store right so she's trying to instill all these values but then her teenage daughter also wants to 
be a normal teenager just like the rest of the kids in her school and she's incredibly smart and and, and intelligent and how by being a, a, a black girl you know she's she, but, but she's a black girl but who's incredibly well accepted by all these other uh, white teenagers right it's a little bit idealistic right in this town where mm. where all of a sudden uh, Reese has another one of, she's got four children right they're all, the four teenage kids her name them i love their names go on go oh, on uh, uh tri- is it trip <laughs> trip trip moody, <laughs> moody. <laughs> um lexi 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 what's that short for Alexa or Le- well, Alexandra okay. but Le- Alexandra I guess today. Lexi and uh, Izzy. Izzy Izzy Isabella that's it Izzy Izzy obviously is our favorite because she's the typical rebellious teenager who who hates to fit in she does who says Fiona Apple's right at one point she yeah. says Fiona Apple's right the world's bullshit thank and, you and the, the series takes place the show takes place in 1997 although it takes it makes flashbacks to the 19 the early 80s to when they the mothers were young but before they were one they were about to have their kids what they were going through it's interesting that they choose 1997 yeah i was wondering why this year why i, I think i have an be? answer for you because it was based on a book that was uh, i think okay. released in uh yes roughly 1997 certainly it was um released in the uh late 90s it was a big bestseller and oh it- no hang on it was a 2017 novel but that was set uh, in okay. the late 90s. Do you want to know something interesting? Yeah. Which I haven't read the book. I really want to. Yeah. But in the book, according to something I was reading yesterday, um, the it, Mia's ethnicity is never defined. Oh. oh. Well, well at a certain... Can you guess it by what happens to her and other clues? Well, the author said, initially I had wanted to write Mia and her daughter Pearl as people of colour, um, I thought of them as people of colour because I knew I wanted to talk about race and class and those things are so intertwined in our country and in our culture, but I didn't feel like I was the right person to try to bring a black woman's experience to the page. Well, he, well I think he nails the, the, the Mia's character. She. She. She, sorry. She, she nails Mia's character. Um, Mia? No, wait, no. Mia's yeah, the Mia. daughter. No, Mia's the mother. Mia's the mother. Damn it, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, because there's also a thing about, you know, her sort of covering up her identity and using mm. different names. And this. I, I, I'm at a point where I'm starting to realize. Anyway, sorry. Um, that's an interesting part because uh, she nails the... I've, I've met women like like Mia, you know, who, mm. who have, be, be, regardless of being... Sing, uh, single mothers and uh, and people of color, <laughs> um, they they have had a middle class upbringing with privilege. Not the same kind of privilege, but they're not from some disenfranchised neighborhood and they've grown in misery. No, no, no. This character has grown up educated from 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 middle class parents and stuff. So it's it's a very interesting. It's two very different interesting angles. You know, it's not an extreme case of some. Some extreme woman who who's who's had the total opposite experience. No, 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 no. She's had opportunities, not the same ones as Reese Witherspoon's character, but she has had them, and she's got education and she's had everything. But she has chosen a path which mm, has made her life less easy, shall we say, because she's chosen to live her way in a in a very well in a way with with different values. So it's very interesting. I like how they portray her as this, seen as the angry black women that people are like oh whatever she's so angry she's so not delightful um 
and it's like, can you understand what is behind this? What you see? What can you? Hmm. And Reese, um, with her character, she only, f I feel at least in the beginning, she only sees this angry black woman and she's like, oh, I want to be nice to her because she's just angry and I want to show her exactly. that you can. I think she, Elena, Reese's character, is so fascinating because one of the first things you see her doing is calling the police on someone mm -hmm. sleeping yes. in her car mm -hmm. who turns out to be... Uh, A to black be, woman. Well, yeah. it turns out to be Mia. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's calling the police. She's like, oh, I don't normally do this, yeah. but, like, you know, I'd hate it if something happened. And that's the kind of thing you just, oh, come on, she, you know. like Because that's happened on, on, on real life. People call on... If they see a black mm -hmm. person strolling outside their house, you know, it's, it's been on Twitter and everyone, like, people denouncing. It's almost a thing in America. It's like, what's... what's this black person doing in my gated neighborhood call the cops right uh and, and so and that's that's how the show starts so it's like oh i'm gonna like this show you know immediately that's when i was frothing my hands and now i'm just yeah show of the year do you show know me show. and my wife um we have decided we can't watch it at night because it makes us feel too bad before we mm. go to bed so we have to watch it during the day <laughs> you know what i recommend before you go to bed what adventure time mate all right okay, oh, okay. i am waking up so much happier for some reason after watching people from the land of ooh right uh rob is has been pointing us saying we've got five minutes left and this is the second week in a row that we've been saying we're going to talk about inner city i don't think we've kind of got any time to talk okay. about inner city yes we do but just say something inner city uh one of the original techno acts kevin saunders an absolute legends made three of the best house albums uh in the world they are back with a surprise drop new album um i absolutely love it it's called we all move together i'm gonna to be honest with you there's some moments on it that are pretty ropey um there but when they get it right boy do they get it right this in fact when they get it right as on this tune we're going to hear which is dance it's like in a city updated for uh perfectly for 2020 i don't know if you're gonna like it frankly I don't care. This has been the weekly review and uh, we'll see you in September, right? See you in September. What a banger for the summer. Bye-bye. Yeah.